Well, we made it. For those of you who were here on the first Sunday of the year, <laughs> there were more chairs then. Um, when uh, Jenny Travis led the service, she warned us that the 21st of January was Blue Monday, which has been scientifically proved to be the most depressing day of the year. It says on Wikipedia, so it must be right, that a professor had calculated that the 21st of January was the most depressing day based on that formula. Sorry, it was a marketing boy from Sky Travel. But So having made it through, then I thought we would think today about joy, about happiness. So what makes you happy? Jokes? Try one. Or perhaps another one? Hmm. <clears throat> perhaps, um, perhaps Ken Dodd? Um, I used the song because if I'd have used one of his jokes, we'd probably still be here at uh, one in the morning. But um, it looks like uh, some of you liked Ken Dodd. I've got to say, um, if it really appealed to me, but there we are. The, um, okay, it's a hackneyed song. Um, but he says, I thank the Lord that I've been blessed with more than my share of happiness. To me, this world is a wonderful place. I'm the luckiest human in the human race. I've got no silver. I've got no gold, which was certainly the case after the Inland Revenue caught up with him. Um, I've got happiness in my soul. So is that your definition of happiness? Nature around us, the people we love. A pretty good start, but is that it? What about coming to church? The joy that is singing and praising. We're going to have Psalm 150. Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heaven. Praise him for uh, praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpets. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with timbrels and dancing. Praise him with strings and pipes. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.
So, singing, praising. But is it all just about making a joyful sound? Isn't it more than that? Some of you may know that Matt Redman wrote the song, When the Music Fades. And you may know the reason it was written. If not, I'll just briefly tell you. In the 1990s, uh, Matt Redman's home church in Watford was going through a spiritually tough time. The worship band's musical creativity was on a high, making new and influential songs, which were even used worldwide. But Matt Redmond's talking to a crosswire said there was a dynamic missing. So the pastor did something pretty brave. So Mike Pilavacci, the co-founder of Soul Survivor, asked the congregation, what were they bringing to God in worship? Or were they just there as consumers, soaking up the music? His point was that the band and the church had lost their way and the only solution was to strip away every diversion and distraction, which included the entire sound system and the worship band. Matt Redman remembers unplugging and just led to this embarrassing silence. But eventually the congregation rediscovered their own voices. By the time they felt sufficiently ready to reintroduce the musicians, the church had found a new perspective on worship. It's all about Jesus and it demands a response from the heart. So don't worry, we're not going to suddenly abandon the PA or the worship group, but maybe we need to challenge ourselves as to what, to quote Pilavantri, we are bringing to worship. Are we just singing along to catchy songs or something deeper? For me, singing along with some of those catchy songs or as my mother-in-law termed our choruses the first time she, she visited here, our jingles. Um, that's what I call outer joy. I did think about including a, a very famous song um, from Life of Brian here. But having already got away with using Dave Allen um, a little while ago, I didn't think I wanted to push my luck. Um, so we'll just, we'll just do the lyrics. Some things in life are bad. They can really make you sad. Other things just make you swear and curse. When you're chewing on life's gristle, don't grumble, give a whistle. This will help things turn out for the best. Always look on the bright side of life. Once again, it's a good start. Just look on the bright side, the positive. But is it really what we mean by kind of inner joy? Outer joy is that smiling face. Most of us can do it, even when there's very little inner joy. Inside, you may not be feeling a great sense of happiness or joy at all. You may be holding on to or holding in or even just holding together a whole host of worries and sadnesses. This is when, for many people, if they ask you how you are, you say, yes, I'm fine, yes, that's great. I've been struck by some of the posters that the Samaritans have been using lately, picking out the real message from a statement like this one. Please don't worry about you guys help. Please don't worry about it. You guys help people worse problems than me. 
So talking to someone is important. And the Samaritans, of course, named because of the story of the Good Samaritan that Chick talked about a couple of weeks ago, are a very positive secular organization. But we have someone else to talk to, Jesus, through prayer. But it's worth remembering that, as with any relationship, we need to work at it. It's not just a prayer in crisis. Instead, develop and maintain that relationship through regular prayer. I sometimes use the analogy that God is like the best neighbor you've ever had. Obviously, he has a white beard. Um, And you need to either develop a relationship with this neighbor by regularly talking to him, seeking his guidance, trusting in his judgment and advice, or you could ignore him for long periods of time, only rushing around in the middle of a crisis, almost demanding that he helps you the way that you want right now. So aside from prayer, can we find happiness in the Bible? Might have to look fairly hard for a joke. For those who've seen the classic film, Name of the Rose, where Sean Connery quite quite unusually adopts a wholly unique accent, um, Scottish, I think it is, um, Jorg, one of the, uh, the monks, argues that nowhere in the Bible does Jesus laugh. So as a result, We shouldn't laugh. Here we are. Yes, well, that's what can happen if you're an elder for too long. Um, So it was quite a a strong reaction. Uh, He decides to burn all the books. It's true that Jesus doesn't laugh. Well, it's not recorded in the Bible. But in many English translations of the Bible, there's almost a joke. Almost a joke. It's a witticism, a wordplay. Here we go. Mark chapter 4, verses 4 to 9. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places, but it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. You notice that there, did you? Whoever has ears, as in wheat, as in ears, Um, It's not going to make the royal variety, is it? Uh, But for the Bible, it's right up there. So whilst there may not be outrageously funny parts of the Bible, we aren't necessarily looking in the Bible for jokes. We're looking for much more, for guidance, for strength. The Gideons spend a lot of time and effort distributing Bibles, and every so often someone from the Gideons comes to speak to us here. One of the famous things about their Bibles is the look-up verse section, where you can find help through a Bible passage. If you look up distressed, you'll be pointed towards 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 and 4. Praise to be the Lord, God, praise to the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. 
So that might not be a joke, but I think that reading this should give us hope that God will comfort us in our troubles. So what affects this kind of inner happiness? That we have God who comforts us, but we still worry, don't we? So, another reading, I think. It probably wouldn't work if he was crying at the same time. Matthew 6, 25 to 34. Do not worry. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And do not worry about, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. For some people, including me, these are some of the most powerful and reassuring words in the Bible. But they're really difficult. Do not worry. Let tomorrow worry about itself. Profound words. But do, in, do you in your heart of hearts believe them? What do you mean, don't worry? Bob Marley had a song about that. Don't worry, be happy. Is that just kind of our outer happiness? Why are we still worrying inside? Perhaps lacking the faith that we can and should hand this over to God. But handing over to God doesn't mean washing your hands of the issue. Not my problem. Let God sort it out. No, God will work through you and guide you. You will be surprised. It is worth keeping a prayer diary. Write down things that you've prayed for and see that over time, they are answered, sometimes in the most unusual ways. But there is surely a case for a little bit more outer happiness. Have we got one more picture there? <clears throat> it's worth remembering uh, that our worship band doesn't just happen on a Sunday morning. A lot of work goes on behind the scenes. It's a bit like the old analogy of a swan upside down. The calm head and neck gliding unseen underwater, 
whilst above the water a frantic mass of legs and web feet thrash around in all directions. One such piece of work uh, that we've been doing recently um, is to go through all the songs, we sing hundreds of them, and categorize them. And I have fresh from the secret Thomas Risley Church music Facebook, what I understand to be the latest categories. Category A, absolutely no idea. <laughs> Category B, brilliant song, can't play it or sing it. Category C, Christmas. Category D, Diane's favorites. <laughs> Category E, everyone's favorites. Category F, found on Colin's spreadsheet, last sung about 11 years ago. And I thought I'd dip into the category F, because indeed we did sing this 11 years ago, and I think previously um, it was when Thomas Risley was a lad. Um, so uh, Give Me Oil and My Lamp, I think one of Diane's all-time favorites, but, but just think about the third verse. Give me joy in my heart, keep me praising. 